all of us go through periods, I believe, when we are in difficult circumstance and we are asking God for something. We're seeing something that is in our life is not good, not right, uh, needs to be fixed, rescued, adjusted, whatever it is. All of us get in those spots when we're asking God for something and not yet seeing uh, the relief that or the remedy that we're looking for. And that in-between time of waiting is very difficult. And I think Psalm 77 points out to us um, a, a pathway of how and what we can do during those times of waiting that set us up to be ready to understand and perceive God's answers to our questions. Next, Psalm 77. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night, I stretched out my untiring hands, and I would not be comforted. All right, so obviously the per person who wrote this psalm is in a difficult situation. He's looking at the beginning of the journey, journey, and he says, what I did was I cried out to the Lord. And um, it, was, it was a terrible moment, apparently. I hear the word distress, and, and, uh, and he says that he would not be comforted. Um, that's an interesting biblical phrase that harkens back to um, when uh, Jacob, uh, who had the 12 sons, and Joseph was taken from him and reported that he was dead. It says of him that he would not be comforted. That's the level of grief that this psalm writer is having here, that there's nothing you can say to him that would comfort him because whatever's going on in his heart, in his life, and in his people, uh, it is, is not something that a human can fix, and he will not be comforted. Um, he goes on to say, I remembered you, God, and I groaned. I meditated with my spirit, but, and my spirit grew faint. So here, as we're putting together the anatomy of how you can wait on God, this psalm writer starts with crying out to God. And I think that is important and shouldn't go unnoticed here. It is important to cry out to God when we are waiting uh, when things are wrong, uh, when we are desperate, um, the Psalms have a whole category in them of crying out to God. They're called lament Psalms. And so he is, he's crying out to God. And I don't think, I think that should not go unnoticed by us because so often when we are waiting on God, we cry out to other people or we um, just stay in our, wallow in our, our self-pity and in the, the situation that we've created and the thoughts that we have around it. But the positive step is to cry out to God and to express everything uh, that you're feeling and thinking to the Creator, the only one who can make a difference. And so he cries out to God. Then he takes a step that might seem bad to, to Christians, but I think it's a healthy step. And the step, I would, I would label this step as questioning. Uh, so here in verse 7 of Psalm 77, he says, Will the Lord reject forever? Will he never show his favor again? His unfailing love has it vanished forever? Has his promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has he in anger withheld his compassion? Six questions that come out of his lament and out of his wrestling and waiting on God. Six questions that he asks about God. Hey, it's, it's okay for you as a believer, as you are struggling, to question 
And uh, in, those are natural, normal expressions of an emotion that we go through when we are in difficult circumstances. So he, he questions God. Um, I think within the questions, he is questioning things about God's character that he is always to believe to be true. But the circumstances in his life make those things seem not true. Um, one In verse 9 in particular, he hearkens back to the way that God describes himself in, in Exodus 34. We've done a previous podcast on that scripture um, where God says about himself that he is merciful and full of compassion. So in, Psalm, in verse 9 he says, has God forgotten his mercy? Has he in his anger withheld this compassion, this great compassion that he says he has? Um, so he cries out. He even questions. He continues to uh, do the mental work of walking through what's going on in his life, the mental process that puts him uh, in position for this next step. And I'm going to call this third part of the anatomy, seek. In his questioning, uh, many of us stop in that questioning mode. And we assume that the answer to everything is no, because we don't see uh, God's hand, we don't see his love, all we see is the problems. And we stop at that point of questioning, and then we're full of bitterness and anger. But instead, he seeks God, even in his uh, lack of seeing a remedy, even in his questioning, he seeks God. It sounds like this. Then I thought, to this I will appeal. The years when the Most High stretched out his right hand, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. I will remember your miracles of long ago. I will consider all your works and meditate on all your mighty deeds. He's going to do some mental work here. He's going to do some a work of faith. He is going to remember. He's going to reflect. He's going to consider. Those are the words that he mentions right here. Um, that's Those are proactive words to process through this waiting time. And I would put all of that under the category of seeking. He is seeking the Lord even in this time of waiting. And then he comes to just an expression of praise. As he is seeking the Lord, um, he says this about God. He says, your ways, God, are holy. A powerful word. Can't unpack it all today. Uh, generally, it means set apart in, um, in righteousness, set apart from the world in, um, in absolute goodness and rightness. And so he says, your ways are, are right. They're holy, God. What God is as great as our God, he says, and just an exclamation of praise. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the people love that phrase. You're the God that performs miracles. In his seeking, he acknowledges to all uh, evidence to the contrary in his life that God is, is a worker of miracles. Uh, the word miracle here is, uh, you might just think of it as a work that only God can do, a supernatural work. And he says, hey, despite what I see, you are, you are a power and a person who can do a work that I can't even imagine. You alone have the ability to overcome what is going on in my life. You are a God of miracles. If you are a believer, that is part of what you believe about who God is. On the worst situation of your life, in the worst day of your life, you can look with eyes of faith and acknowledge he is a worker of miracles, and so there's hope. All is not over yet. 
he goes on to um, to turn his his thoughts back to how God has worked a miracle in the past, and he thinks back to uh, the book of Exodus and the story of the the children of Israel as they left uh, Egypt and were rescued by supernatural power. Uh, at uh, crossing the Red Sea. And so he says, with your mighty arm, you redeemed your people, um, the descendants of jo uh, Jacob and Joseph. The water saw you, God. The water saw you and, and writhed. And the very depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. Uh, your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. You, your path led through the sea. And he just, he goes off in a sort of a po poetic retelling of how God opened the Red Sea so that the children would walk through. Um, he says, your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, though your footprints were unseen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Uh, he says, I love this. He says, you led the path through the sea, though your footprints were not seen. Well, that, that just comes off the page to me today. That is really cool. Even in the midst of doing that great miracle, um, the, as they walked through on that dry land, they could not see the footprints of God. They saw the evidence of his work. Um, though your footprints were not seen, just speaks to me about where we are in our waiting sometimes, that we don't see what God is about and what he is doing, and yet God is active. He's working in our lives. He is working for our good, though his footprints are not seen. Uh, that's where faith comes in. In the midst of waiting, he is at work. His footprints aren't seen. We've got to trust. We've got to believe. And we've got to uh, proactively wait, as the writer of Psalm 77 does here, crying out, questioning, but then seeking and remembering. Hope you have a great day.